guys, today we're talking about fake grades, who is distributing them, and why this is a major problem for our children and for our country's collective future. So every time I tell this story, I get the same three responses. First, no way, this sounds like you totally made it up. Second response is, get out of town, that's crazy, which in my opinion, it really is. And the third and most heinous response to the story I'm about to tell you is, oh, it's not that big of a deal, which you'll completely understand why that's a big old yikes once you hear this story. Here's the deal. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that this podcast was founded on my experience as a child growing up in Baltimore County, Maryland, and zoned to attend Title I majority Black public schools that were farther away from my home distance-wise than the well-funded majority white public schools. You'd also know that my perspective on K-12 education is unique since I attended public school, was homeschooled by my mother, and attended private school growing up. Side note, you can get a better idea of my brief history that I just described by going back and listening to episode 11 of the podcast titled Racial Tension in K-12 Education, Zoning, Generational Economics, and Mariah's Truth. Okay, so here's the story. My older sister is one year older than me, which was always pretty nice because I kind of got to see what was coming up next in life in general and avoid some of the quote-unquote mistakes that she had to experience and get in trouble for head-on growing up. Um, But this particular year, while we were being homeschooled, we were both being homeschooled by my mom for fifth and sixth grade. She, my sister, was the one in the sixth grade, of course, meaning she had gone on to middle school. I was still still had one more year in elementary school. Now, when I say we were homeschooled, that means my mother intentionally did not register us to attend Southwest Academy, which was the middle school that we were designated to go to if we were to go to public school. But again, we didn't. We opted not to go to public school. So that means my sister never set foot in that school. My sister had never shown her face in the halls, had never set her butt in the classroom chair, For all Southwest Academy knew, my sister didn't exist at all, other than a name on a page. Because the way the system works is that since she went to the public elementary school that we were zoned for, they kind of like move the list of students' names over to the middle school um, so that they, because most students just go from the elementary school to the middle school and they just move the list of names over and there you have it. The problem with that is you should still, as a school and administration, they should still be going through to check and see, hey, who exactly is attending this school versus who isn't and just got moved over through the list of names because a list of names represents a human being. It's not just a list of names. Um, So one afternoon, my mother, you know, we're homeschooled, so we're we're home most of the day, um, especially in the morning. So one afternoon, my mother goes to check the mail and a fairly large yellow envelope greets her inside the mailbox. The kind of envelope that, um, or envelope, however you choose to pronounce it, that uh, report cards generally come in, or would generally come in then. So the envelope reads, attention to my sister's name, or parents, attention to the parents of my sister's name. I can't quite remember what it said, but something of the effect. We knew that it was to the parents of my sister. Okay, so who was it that sent this mysterious piece of mail? Well, if you couldn't have guessed, it was none other than Southwest Academy, the middle school that I told you we were zoned to go to if we were to attend public middle school, which we never were. We were in homeschool. So my sister Simone and I huddled close to my mother, hoping to see what was inside of the envelope. Um, And she pulls the envelope out, and lo and behold, there's a whole report card in there. 
but not just any old report card. It was a report card that Southwest Academy had artificially created for my sister, a student who never went to their school. Now, why is this seemingly small occurrence such a big, big deal? Well, for one, it exposes the school's administration's grave lack of organization and overall care for the students in their school, which is a problem. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big old problem. Um, if the school was arbitrarily, which they were, were arbitrarily sending out grades to a student who never attended their school, could they have also been arbitrarily making up grades for other kids in the school or who were attending or maybe kids you know, like my sister who were not attending that school and, you know, their name was just still on the list. Um, it just baffles me. How could a teacher, you know, who I would, when you're a teacher, you, the kids are in the classroom. So how are you doling out grades for somebody that you never met who has never sat in your chair? Are you paying attention? Is the administration paying attention? What checks and balances are or are not in place to make sure these things are not happening? Um, so not every parent is aware that they should cross-check their child's report card with the work that the child has been doing throughout the school year to see if, hey, do these grades even remotely match up to the schoolwork and individual assignment grades that I know my child has done and received thus far this school year? Parents, it, you are within every right to be um, you know, a micromanager when it comes to your child's education. I'm not suggesting that you get on the teacher's nerves and become some sort of gnat that's just flying around the teacher's aura, just, you know, picking at every little thing they do. Absolutely not. But if we're talking about ensuring that your child gets an excellent education, especially in a public school system where most teachers are, quite frankly, and rightfully overwhelmed, and where we just know that the way that things run in the school system are not, you know, they're, they're not top notch. They're not state of the art, especially for low income and low to middle class um, areas. It's really important to make sure that you are saying keeping uh, tabs on your child's assignments, what grades they received, making sure that you know how and at what rate your child should be performing. And, I'll, and a little bit further in the episode, I'm um, towards the end. I'll give you some tips um, and a tool that can help you know exactly how your child should be performing based off of their grade level um, and how the different tests that uh, your child will be expected to take depending on which state you live in. It's a really cool resource, so stay tuned. Um, but yeah, so not every parent is aware that they should cross-check their child's report card, but now if you're a parent or you know a parent, you are aware that this is something that you should be doing. So not only was this fake report card occurrence, dad, because it exposed the school for a lack of organization. But public report cards also go on your child's public education record. Now, I don't remember the exact grades reflected on the report card, but it's safe to say they weren't straight A's or else I'm pretty sure I would have remembered that. Um, a child's public education record is important because it's similar to an adult's credit report. If you're an adult in <laughs> 2021, you know what a credit report is, and hopefully you know your credit score. Um, so what shows up on that public education record, just like your credit report, um, speaks to who you are as a person, even if you're not in the room to represent yourself. So when, um, when a child goes to high school, you know, a public high school, whatever high school they go to, their educational record precedes them. And whether they are a high-performing student or not determines which classes they're placed in and what teachers they get. Now, in a low- to middle-class income community, that fact is especially important to pay attention to 
because many times the best teachers and the excellent classes where children are being challenged to truly grow academically and beyond are only reserved for those students whose public record shows that they get good grades or do well academically. Of course, other factors come into play here, but grades are a huge, huge factor. You know, grades, school, it's, all, it's synonymous. Um, so students who do not fall into the quote-unquote good grades category are generally herded into rowdy classes, um, like cattle, to be quite honest. I mean, I, I was up close and personal with it my entire upbringing. I have uh, friends to this day who genuinely say, no, I was not, I didn't receive an education. I graduated, you know, knowing no more than I knew in the fourth grade. So this is the type of things that are happening in a lot of um, low-income and poorly funded public schools, especially in black and brown communities. Students are put into classes based off of false grades and false reports. And so those false grades and false reports, it just the, the general behavior of how their educational track goes is they start off with bad grades and a poor education. That's what goes on their report. No one's double checking to see, hey, how can we help these students or are their grades accurate? So they just get put in the bottom of the barrel classes and get pushed through, you know, more fake grades are made up just to get them to their high school graduation and just to get them out of the school without necessarily making sure an actual education has been uh, has been received, that they've actually learned and are prepared to enter into society and to be able to take care of themselves and grow, you know, and do what they want to do in life. Um, and so hopefully that, you know, that little explanation or insight is concerning to you. And if not, I encourage you to go back, rewind, and listen to that again. Um, so, yeah, students who don't fall into this good grades category are generally herded and pushed through the system and graduate with high school, um, graduate high school with the education of most times a fourth grader, if, if that much. That's pushing it. Um, chances are that herded and undereducated students don't have adequate tools for immediately moving forward with making their personal adult dreams come true. And as adults, we know how important it is to have a dream and actually have the tools and ability to make what you want for your life happen. Um, and three, regardless of good or bad grades, it's just common sense that a student should be accurately seen for who they are and what they are accomplishing, period. Um, you know, how many of us like to be misrepresented? When someone gets your name wrong, nine times out of 10, we say, hey, you know, that's not my name. This is my name. Um, if your credit report was wrong and somebody was giving you a lower grade than what you actually have, you know, lower report than what you actually have or an inaccurate report, you might say, hey, you know, not having a level of accuracy on this report could lead to trouble down the line, whether you were given a more than you deserved or less than you deserved. At some point, someone's going to try and connect the dots to who you are as a human being and not having accuracy can lead to trouble in so many ways. Wrapping up this story, my mother ended up calling the local news station and the educator reporter, Tim Tootin, who is still the education reporter for um, Baltimore's WBAL-TV 11 News, came to our house to cover the story. It was all quite dramatic and, to be quite honest, absolutely necessary. Because by sounding the alarm on my sister's story, Baltimore's public school system for that region was charged to put far more care into the way that students and their grades were being managed. Y'all, sharing the story of one person's truth, especially your own story and truth, can bring liberation to so many others. And it's important that we share stories like this because, for one, accurate grade reporting is still 
still to this day, 2021 is when I'm recording this, an issue in many public school systems. And two, as a nation, we need every child to have every opportunity to become the best version of themselves now and for the future. Because the fact of the matter is, in reality, there is not your world versus my world or this world versus their world. We all share this country and we all share this world. So when one human being isn't able to function at their best, the domino effect touches all of our lives at some point in some way. So let's make sure that when the dominoes fall, they are pushing us towards a brighter future. So if you have kids or know um, a kid whom you care about, make sure that you or their parent is keeping in touch with the teacher this school year. Or, you know, they might have multiple teachers. Just keep in touch. Ask how your child is doing. Look over your child's assignments and see what kind of work they're doing. What individual grades is your child receiving um, in, on their individual assignments throughout the year? And make sure that those report cards that you're getting um, every so often, every quarter, are lining up with what you have been seeing on their individual assignments and in the work that they've been producing and things that they've been learning. So if you're not sure how your child should be performing, I know that you know, if, if you don't have a background in education, we're all busy. How are you supposed to find out exactly how your child should be performing? It's not going to fall out of thin air. Um, so if you're not sure how your child should be performing or what the benchmarks are for what you, sh you should be expecting from your child at their grade level, you can always visit this really awesome website. They have great educational resources for parents. It's called greatschools.org, G-R-E-A-T. S-C-H-O-O-L-S dot org. Once you are on their homepage at greatschools.org, hover over the parenting tab, then click on test scores. You'll be taken to a free test guide for parents resource. This guide helps you to understand the skills your child is expected to know based on their grade level. You, um, it also tells you why some kids struggle with getting, you know, acquiring those skills and performing um, on grade level. And it teaches you how you can help them as a parent. I'm also going to link greatschools.org's um, test guide for parents in the show notes. So if you don't feel like navigating to the website yourself, you can just go to the show notes, scroll down um, on this episode you're listening to now, and I will have it linked there for you. You click on it and it takes you to exactly what I just told you about. Okay, so that's all I have for you all today. Remember, um, always speak your truth. Encourage your children to speak their truth and embrace the evolution, y'all. So what'd you think? How will you take what you learned today on the Ed Gap Evolution podcast to make sure that more children and families know that they have more options for building a magnificent future? If you like what you heard and want to get notified when the next episode goes live, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll notify you when the next episode is out. Don't forget to check the show notes where I share information on today's guests. And yes, we do have a website. You can always pop in on us at www.edgapevolution.com. Again, I'm Mariah Phillips, and I leave you with this. Embrace the evolution, y'all.